podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com. For coaches who want to get better, from the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged, brought to you by the great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. A vast plethora, I've always wanted to use plethora, of practice plans, videos, one-on-one office, one-on-one calls, office hours, you name it, we got it. So go over and check it out, 14-day free trial. Please share. If you know of any coaches that want that, that want to um, be part of this, let them know, you know, um, we would love for them to be able to listen to this podcast to more people. That's one of the reasons we started this was to get out to, to more people. Um, and obviously, one of the joys for me is to be able to talk to coaches like Rick. Um, you know, when you can talk to somebody who invented an offense, it's pretty exciting. So we're starting part two of Coach uh, Basketball Coach Unplugged with Rick, Rick Torbert. Um, pretty special. I think you'll find a lot of great information. If you have any questions, please let me know. And here's Rick. Um, and, th- and that might go into the second thing. How do yeah. I promote variety in decision-making? Because my guys seem to do the same thing every time. They'll pass. Yeah. They'll go screen. I mean, they tend to do the same thing every time. How do you get them to not be like robots, not running the flex right. offense? Right, right. Well, And that's what you're trying to overcome. Right, right. right. For, for your listeners who um, – are not as familiar as, as you and I are. Right. Uh, there are two um, decision makers. There's more than that at one time, but two primary decision makers. One, uh, you know, and this, and by the way, when I explain this, this explains the difference between the read and react and a pure motion offense. Even though read and react, you get all the benefits of motion, you know, you create right. an athletic ball, yep. uh, you move players, you got spacing and, Yep. Boom, good things happen. You break the defense down. And you train – You train. this boils down to training players how to take advantage of uh, breakdowns on defense. But the difference is, in redirect, the ball handler is the decision maker. Everyone else, as you know, must hold their spots, watch you, see what you do, and then they react with the one thing that we've all drilled them to do based on what's being done with the ball. If you drive right, they do something. If you drive left, they do something. If you right. blah, blah, blah. Okay. And, and that way you don't have five uh, chiefs out there, right? right. You've got one chief. Yep. And, then, and then, so there, that's one I want to discuss with you. The other one is if a player gives up the ball, if they pass anywhere, uh, the so, first easy, ball, so an easy one would be somebody brings the ball up and they pass it to yeah. the wing. Yep. Right. And okay. Up, right? Yep. Now, yep. And read and react again. The difference between a motion offense and read and react is that player must cut to the basket. Right. Okay. Not yep. just cut anywhere, but to the basket because we're going. They're, they're they are our first scoring option. Okay. We're going yep. to put pressure on the rim. But the moment that player's feet hit the uh, lane, <clears throat> we allow them to become a, an independent decision maker. That's when we give them decisions back. Right. At the point of the pass, no, they've got to cut. Right. But as soon as their feet hit the lane, if they've not gotten the ball, they can do a number of things. You just name 
you name it. And of course we've got a layer for it. <laughs> <laughs> we do. But really it's just all of the things that you could do in basketball without the ball. If you were in the lane, right. Yeah. I could post up. I could screen for another post player and then get myself open. I could go back screen anybody on the perimeter. I could set a pin screen. I could use a pin screen. I could set or use a brush screen if another cutter's coming. I mean, this just goes on and on and on and on, right? Right. right. Now, so back to your – so for the listeners listening, there's one decision-maker with the ball that trumps everybody. But there's at least one other decision-maker – going uh making decisions that could affect the next action and it's that player who is either stopped and posted up in the lane or is cutting through the lane right okay so now to your questions (laughs) decision making okay you uh, so first we got to talk about which one we're talking about ball handler or the one cutting through the lane. I think after they get rid of the ball, they tend to do the same. They they cut, but then they tend to do the same thing. They'll either screen away or they'll right. pull. I mean, they they get very. When I've charted it, they get yeah. very robotic. And yes. you know, the kid that posts up is is the kid that posts up. He's not the right. kid that sets the back screen, or he's not the kid that brushes it. I mean, yep. how do you yep. break them of that habit? Okay, great, great question. Great coaching question too, but. uh I'm going to give you an analogy from um, uh, from jujitsu. You know, it's a wrestling yep. uh, type of submission uh, um, sport. That <clears throat> my instructor would teach um, a, uh, a say uh, one particular move. Okay. Yep. And of course, there's a counter move to that that your yep. opponent's got to do. Right. Right. So you you teach it, and then you set up the drill, and you do it, right? Well, immediately, your mind goes to what ifs. Well, can, yeah. can, I, can I do this too? And then, But what if he does this? Can I do this? Very – well, the instructor would never let us go on, okay? Okay. Now, there's a, there's a few really gifted people. <laughs> LeBron James is one of yeah, them. Yes, yes. I could go. Oh yeah, I can see all of the options here and do and choose the correct one based on my opponent. But for the rest of us mere mortals, yes. we my instructor would say, No, I want you to do this one, this particular move, or this particular counter to that move over and over and over and over and over and over. And, over. and then once we could do it without thinking. Then he went to the next one and said, okay, here's your, here's your next one because that, that one's going to get stopped. So okay. here's your next one, and I want you to stay here and drill and drill and drill and drill. And, of course, I resisted and stuff, but over time, these all of the options became habit, you know, based right. on how the def- my opponent is playing me. Right? Well, analogously, I think – you must give, and you could give all the cutters the same one, or you could customize it. Joe, when your feet hit the lane, I always want you to do blank. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Like, yeah, like I have a kid. Like every yeah. time you go in, you should post up. No, yeah. every time you go in, you should look for a layup or yeah. screen away. Okay, yeah. I like that. I like and that. Bill, Bill, since you are the best three-point shooter, I always want you hitting the lane, and then. Back screening someone one pass away from the ball. 
Right, because then you're ready for your three. Yeah, yeah. you're going to yeah. shape up to shoot, right? Right. It doesn't take Bill long to learn that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a shooter, there right? has to be a benefit, though, sometimes, too. I have to show them oh. that. It's like, if you yeah. set this screen, then you are going to be open, too. It's the, you know, hey, egocentric hey, kind of. What you just said might be the most important part of teaching the reader act. Right. I'm lying. What you just said may be the most important is how do you sell it? Right. Got to sell it to the kids. Like, like, look, Hey, here's why you're not doing Bill's decision, Joe, because this is how we're going to take advantage of your strengths right now and hide your weaknesses. This you're going to help our team by blank. Right. Right. Now later on, later on, Joe, we're going to add to this. Right. We're going to start to develop. But for right now, I don't want you making, you know, six different decisions in there. Right. You know, I want you to always set a pen screen. I want you to always stop and post up in the short corner. You you name it, right? Right. Now, once they get good at that, now I'm talking about the individuals. Right. Once they get that, then based on their strengths and weaknesses, you go on and you add another one. But right. hey, let me give you a great example of this, okay? Okay. This was about four or five years ago. Uh, Delphi University, Division Two, up in um, New York, I think. Yep. Uh, uh, they had a point guard come in. Her name was Ando Tron. I think she's coaching now, or she might still be playing over in Europe. She came in. Uh, hey, Steve, this is this is the consummate point guard you want. Listen, right. I mean, she'd already watched, studied knew the language of the entire read and react before stepping on the floor at, at, at Adelphi. Right. I mean, this is the coach's dream. Right. Okay. He's coaching the other girls, right. telling them what reactions they should be. I mean, it's like having a coach on the floor. Okay. Right. She's their best three point shooter and she can get to the rim. Now she's the smallest player on the floor, but she can get to the rim. She's fast. She's a good ball handler. goes right or left. Best three point shooter. All right. The first four or five games was disastrous for her. So the coach called me and said, hey, could you do like a uh, Skype with her, a little one-on-one, and just find out what's going on in her brain, you know? So I did, and, and I asked her, and, and, uh, and she because I'd watched the games, and, and, and I said, well, what seems to be your problem? And she said, look, when I hit the lane, and she started going through all the different things that she could do, and she was ticked that, her teammates were not responding to this. Right. You know? yeah, yep. Each one of these, you know? Yep. Yes. My, my post is at the high post coach. So when I cut to the basket, if I don't get it, then I turn and I make the Utah screen and then right. I'm looking to shape up. I mean, she's going into stuff like that. Right. Right. And, and her, her center doesn't know what the Utah. Is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yes. It's, I, yes. It's simplifying the layers. Yes. She, yes. So <laughs> she was just paralyzed by all the things and why aren't they? And I said, okay. And listen, I, I'd love to tell you that I'm just was brilliant here, but I, this was a shot in the dark and it worked. And I said, Hey, let's try this. And then we'll get back together later. And I said, let's simplify things. Um, I said, you're, you're the smallest on the floor, right? And she said, yeah. I said, well, I'll tell you what, when you hit the lane, I only want you to do one of two things, one of two, just two decisions. On the first one, go set a screen for your post wherever she's at. Now, they played their post everywhere. Right. High post, four corner, mid post, weak side, strong. I said, 
because they will not want to switch that, right? Right. Yep. Little with you, yeah. they will not want, not want to switch that. And I didn't have to tell her to play off of that. You know, after she sets the screen, she's going to take her, her next best action is going to be good. Okay. And then I said, now you're also the best three point shooter, right? And she said, yes. <laughs> you know I mean? Right. She, you know, <laughs> she yes, I and I said, then you, if you don't set a screen for your um, post, then go set a back screen for one of your teammates that are one spot away from the ball and shape up for the three. Okay. Steve, I never had to call back. We never had another call. That totally. Because it's simplified. Yes. And now she was decisive and aggressive right. and intentional with, with yep. her actions in yep. there. Yeah, she went on to do some others, but just getting her started down a simple for her two decisions. Well, I think you can do that. I know you can do that uh, with every one of your players. Give them one. Start with one. Right. And by the way, someone watching your team, they won't uh, know. No, they won't. Only you know what their decision is when they hit the lane, you know? Right, right. And, and then you build on it. Then you build on the layers because then it's like, okay, your season starts in November and ends in March. By December, you're maybe adding a second move. And then because yep. they're, and then you give them a two That's or three right. weeks doing that. And then you add another one. It's perfect teaching things. I agree. I never had thought about that, though. And some, some kids, you can, you, their cup's bigger than others. Yes. So you can put more in it. <laughs> Right. This, and this is where this is why I can't put that. I'm just not good enough to put that on DVD. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and I, and it's like, well, I teach. I'm a math teacher. Like you, you're a math teacher. I saw. It. And anyway, it's like I tell them the first day, the first week of school. I say, John here might spend five minutes on the homework, and Susie might spend forty three minutes on the homework. You can all do it. If, you know, some of you have strengths in some classes and others, and, you know, that's where building on, I, I think that's perfect. All right. What would your ideal shot chart look for, like for the uh, read and react? If I gave you a <laughs> shot chart, what would it look like? All, uh, all inside the uh, restricted art. <laughs> you think so? Could, could that happen? Uh, well, no, no, it no. can't. Of course it can't. Uh, but I, I'm basing that on uh you know, the shot charts, if you look them up, you know, online and stuff, uh, you look at the numbers, the highest, the, the most points per shot you'll get are shots that are inside the restricted area. Yep. Because they also lead to free throws. Yep. Okay. So it's, it's not just the two that you're getting, you're getting a, you know, right. there as well. The next highest is the corner three point shot. I know that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? So counterintuitive. I, I know. The I know. That's teacher and me just thinks that's. Uh, I just can't. I can't. I know. I know Numbers it. don't lie. Numbers don't lie. I know. Once I start watching, it's just unbelievable. You will go back and watch the NCAA tournament and just watch the corner threes. It's unreal. So defensively, time, so defensively, you should have a counter to that. I'm just yeah. thinking the other side of the court for the people listening yeah. is you got to take away that corner three. You got to run. Hey, forget closeouts. You got to run people off of that. You know. Yeah, yeah. You, know I mean? you got right. to change their shot. That, or they got to be in the second row of the bleachers. That's right. right. That's like, yeah. right. Um, the next, the next yeah. highest is any is any other three. Right. The next highest, 
well, now we're getting to the lowest is right. the mid range jumper, which is lost. The game yeah. has lost it. Yeah, yeah. We just, and this is going to surprise a lot of listeners. Okay. But the lowest percentage shot is in the lane outside the restricted area. In the lane. In the lane outside that charge. For people who don't know, it's the charge semicircle. Yeah. 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 Outside. Wow. Yes. Now the highest is inside. Right. Because it's a layup, basically. It's a layup. Yeah, it's right. You know, it's that third grade. We call it like a third grader. Right. I always tell tell my boys the easiest shot in basketball is the free throw. And they look at me and they go, what do you mean? It's not easier in a layup. I go, yes, it is because it doesn't change. Layups change because you have defenders there. Um, you could shoot in Wy- a, a free throw in Wyoming is the same as a free throw in Maine. They are the exact same distance. The, the rim is the exact same height. Nothing's changing. But man, layups. What you know? Is it off of one foot? Is it off of two feet? Is it where is my defender? What angle do I have? Right. On that? Yeah. Is there a help defender near me? Am I leaving the ground from the same spot? Right. I mean, it is variables there there's know? a lot of variables okay so last one on read and react and we'll get to some a couple other ones i have what cuts or actions do you think will give your team the most open looks and they and, and my assistant sent me this one and he said don't take it depends as the answer <laughs> <laughs> so okay. john if you're listening that's for you yeah. it says what cuts or actions do you think will give your team the most open looks in the read and react now he said actions like so like like cut like a like a cut or a back screen or those kind of things actions. Okay, so he's he's not saying uh, one action. Okay, no. Okay, good, good. No. good. I don't think I can answer that. No, but he says the most the ones you think are the best for for getting good looks. All right. Okay. <clears throat> I think it is. And it's probably not the initial cuts of the paint because we have not had as much luck with that. Sure, sure. And I, by the way, would you remind me, uh, would you ask me about just cutting to yep. the line? Yep. Yeah, yep. I want to tell you something about that. Okay. Uh, so actions that the actions you think that will get the most open looks in the read okay. react. Yes. All right. Uh, the the first two, and, and you know something, as soon as this podcast is over, I'll think of something. I'll come up with something else. All right, you can send it to me. I'll put it in the show notes for the people that are listening. All right. But here's what I'm trying – here's how I'm trying to answer this. Okay. For the most teams on the most levels. Right. Okay? Because as soon as you start, that's why he doesn't – And I would say to- most of the people listening to this are, are, are youth coaches – and our yeah. high school coaches. Okay. So they're from, we're dealing with kids that are 10, 10 to 12 to 18. I mean, there's right. other people that listen all over the world. But, I mean, I, that, I would think that's the demographic that's listening to All them. right. We're talking percentages here. Okay. Yeah. Two actions. I'm going to say two. There's two. And, it's, um, and, and one of these, well, both of these have varieties in them. But uh, it's drafting. Okay. Uh, drafting is okay. So a team. There's. Let me give you a couple of examples. <clears throat> um, uh, Steve, you pass the ball to me, and you cut. You are on my right. Okay. And you pass the ball to me and cut. If I catch it, 
and immediately drive right as if I'm trying to follow you to the goal. Okay. Like two race cars drafting each other. That's okay. where we get the draft. I'm right. drafting you. Yep. The reason that that gives more good, uh, um, more good opportunities is two, twofold here. One, you're taking away on your cut. If you're, and this is why, Steve, I don't care if you ever score on a passing cut. I really don't. Does but it happen you, a lot? Because we were not, we have not been successful with that cut. That initial. No, no, yeah. you're, no. I, and and I, that's what I want to talk about here, here okay. in a second. There's okay. multiple reasons for cutting and scoring is just one of them. You can't depend on that. No. Right. Uh, 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 but so see, if you, are, if you are cutting after passing to me and you're cutting as trying to get the ball back, legitimately trying to get the ball back, your defender's going with you and is guarding you all the way to the rim. Yes? Yes. Well, that's my – you just took the first natural helping defender to my right with you. Okay. Hey, Coach, I hope you're enjoying this. Please go over and subscribe and like, leave a review. We really appreciate that. That's a, that's a little way that you can get back to us. Um, another way that you can get back to us is go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Obviously, this took almost two hours plus just to do the interview here, and it's a way that I can sneak off and do these kind of things. It allows me to take a little family time away from my family to, to be able to bring this to all of you. If you go over and check it out, we'd sure appreciate that. All right, here's Rick. Okay. There is no help defense on my drive going right right now. I agree. In fact, the only the only help would be – uh, let me draw a picture in everybody's mind. Let me back okay. up. I'm at the top of the key. Okay. You're on facing the go. You're on my right. Okay. Okay. Yep. So when you pass, you're passing uphill to me. Yep. And you're cutting and I'm driving right. Now, if no one else is in the right corner. Right. When I draft you, there's no help defense. Right. Because you've taken the only one that, that could, 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 could do it. Yeah. And it's got to be a cut that you want to score on. Yeah. Are my yeah. players listening to that? You got to want to score yeah. on that cut. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not false <laughs> off. Unless you might right. be open if you cut really hard. Right. 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 Okay. Now, let's rewind that. If there was a player, a teammate in the right corner, mm-hmm. and you passed to me, cut, and then I drove right. I'm beating the next helping defender. And even at high levels, you and I know who's supposed to rotate in there and help. Right. (laughs) You know they don't get there. They don't. Nine times out of ten. Now, let me back back this up. I'm drawing a picture if you're drawing this out, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's back up again. You've got the ball in the wing. You throw uphill to me. You cut. Now, the moment your feet start moving, Steve – doesn't the guy in the corner, isn't he supposed to start filling up your spot? He's supposed to rise up. Yep. He's supposed to start. So at, he's starting to fill up as I'm starting to drive. Yes. Right. Yes. Now, we know from the redirect that if I drive right, he's supposed to move one spot to his right. So he's got to stop and go back to the corner. Yes. Right. Yes. All right. So I got a question for you. If his defender, does rotate in there and stop me on my draft drive right behind you. I've got a natural pitch to the corner. For a three. 
Yeah. yeah. His defender's going to be wrong either way. If right. he stays, I'm getting to the rack with no help defense. Right. If he helps, we're throwing to the high percentage shot inside out. Right. You, you just said the second best shot in basketball in that corner yeah. three. And then literally if I'm playing that position, my hands are like this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Throw me now, the ball. So, Throw me the so ball. I put yeah. that in drills. I mean, that's a great right. combo drill. Right. It's a cut, draft, drive, okay. natural pitch drill. Okay. okay. So that's number one. That's number one. Uh, now, by the way, uh, every time the ball is passed, there is a chance for a team, the receiver to draft that cutter. That's why I'm picking that action. Okay. okay? There's yep. a chance. And also, I know that every cutter could be open, but you're talking about passing to them and them catching on the move and scoring. And as you and I know, and every listener knows, those are the weakest skills all the way around in the game of basketball. Yep. But most players like trying to get downhill on a drive, get to the right. basketball. Yep. They're all practicing that. And you're getting right? and you know what? Okay, and oh I got a question I gotta ask later. Yeah. But you know what they um and they'll get the foul call. I've noticed that the driver can tends to get the foul call too. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You just lean in on the person. Right. You know, as long as but you the don't... cutter but the cutter doesn't. That's what we've noticed. That the cutter doesn't tend they tend to hold and bump and do that to the cutters. And they let and that doesn't that. get called. And yeah. that, boy, that is I, – I, I wish the whole officiating association could hear that. Amen. I'm telling you, that, that's my biggest harp. It's like, yeah. why can you hold when he's cutting and you? I can't run my offense? <laughs> right. I mean, I can't – I literally say I can't run my offense if they're holding my guy cutting to the basket. See, why, why, don't, why can't the offensive player hack those arms off of him? Right. Yes, Why not? and know? that and that and that that does hinder the read and react when yep. they're not calling that. It does. No, you're you're right. Freedom of movement. Well, I, I think your your best counter to that is um, is you've just got to get the players in the ball moving faster. Then they yeah. have less chance to uh, step in and get into your body and and you know, and tag your body. Now there's other little counters for this. And it's that if they are trying to bump you and get an arm bar on you when you're cutting, use that as a trigger to make your decision. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, you, like you said, you pass to me and you cut, right? Right. And I'm arm you're, barring you. you're, Hey, stop and post them up. And I'll throw it to, cause usually when they're up next to you like that trying to body, it's real easy to leg whip, swim okay. move, and post them up, right? Okay. All right. The other one is use that as a signal to go back screen right away. Just forget the cut. Forget, okay. Forget – not forget the cut, but forget finishing the cut. Right. And go on and screen for whoever. That so might the back be, screen will counter that? Yes. Now, okay. uh, I was women a couple of years ago. I remember watching that. They they didn't run it uh, this year, but a couple of years ago, they their post player would be on the weak side. All right, they would always start on the weak side. So, yep. so the say the poet passes the wing and cuts. Okay, if she cuts through unhindered, untouched, 
she would go on and do her thing, you know, right. back screen on all this. But if any cutter ever cut and they got bumped or they got arm barred, stood up, they took it as a signal to screen for the post and invite the post over. Oh, See, the okay. post is on the weak side, right? Okay, yep. We even got to calling that an invitation screen. Okay. okay, so you get stood up as a cutter. You get stopped. Oh, darn. Well, don't fight it. Just, hey, okay, I'm going to go invite the post player over. Okay. And now you got a cross screen and, okay. Right. In there. Okay. So, that, that's, so, so, that's, so you gave me one. I want another one. What was, that was the first one. one. Yeah. After okay. the draft. Hey, by the way, okay. And before I leave the draft. Yep. See, any dribble at can turn into a draft. So let's go back to our situation. I've now had the ball at the top of the key. Okay. You are on my right wing, yep. Steve. I dribble at you. You cut. If right. I turn the corner and draft you, you've taken your guy. Yeah, you've taken the first helping defender away from. So right. I dribble at draft drive. Okay. You know, I don't have to wait for the ball to be passed to me. Right. I could dribble at any teammate, send them to the go, and draft them immediately. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, hey, look, look, that takes a little more than a uh, – yeah, you yeah. do have to teach a little uh, body language, yep. change of speed, leaning in low with your shoulder, that kind right. of thing. But if you've got a little bit of deception in you as a player, a little bit of craftiness, right? every dribble at, it's an opportunity for two people. The person you're dribbling at might be open, and then you could turn the corner. Corner. Okay. And draft them. Okay. okay. So draft drive. All right. The next one I would say to give you the most is pin screens. Okay. Because there's the ver there's such a wide variety and so few teams do them. And do them well. And do them well. <laughs> and when they're done well, there's two people that's possibly open, the screener and the person you're throwing to, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So you get that whole, well, do you slip the screen or do you, or after you set the pin screen, the, the pin screener is rolling to the basket. They get to post up. Whoever catches the skip pass feeds the post. Screening is a lost art. Oh, big time. Well, Don't let you me tell think? you. Hey, yes. Now, hey, uh, here, I, I can't. There's your next video right there. Screen. I'm going to give you a million dollar. I, I can't believe I'm giving this away. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. Okay. All right, here you go. I want you to get some jerseys or T-shirts made that says, pin me on the back of them. Right. On the back of them. Okay. And your defense has got to wear them. Okay. Okay. Now, if you're on offense and you can see the words, pin me, you're the one that should be setting the pin screen. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Just yeah. Out, Now, get on a board and play with it, and you're going to see – that pin screens are always set by players two or more spots away from the ball. They're never – it's never the uh, responsibility no. of a player one pass away. Right. The, they're reading the ball and reacting quickly, right? But players that are two or more away, they have an angle and they can see if the defenders are helping and sagging. Right. And they'll see them from their back. That's why I said. That's great. There's your million. Hey, I'll give you my million dollar idea. 
You know, you know those game, those things we used to wear as kids that you play laser tag with and stuff, and they. Oh, yeah. Okay, so spacing is horrible, and Read and React is all about spacing. So yes. I think you should do is get some sort of thing you could put on a practice jersey. When you get too close, it 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 um it flashes. So you know, so it's about spacing. It's like soccer could use it, basketball could use it. It's all about spacing, and then you could change the distance between the spacings. Um, I love it. Um, yeah, because you got you want to get to the spots, you know. Right, right. In the re- yeah, and they're they. It's like you're too close. You're too far. You know, you're never in the right spot. Um, yeah, Dick Helm used to say, you know, uh, uh, I had him uh, help me with uh, uh, dynamic defense. It was his. It was his defense, and he gave it to me and said, "Hey, uh, you know, put some meat on the the bones and turn this right. into a course." And so right. I did. And in talking to him. Uh, we, we, you can't talk defense without talking offense and vice right. versa. Right? right. And he said, look, uh, it was just kind of a, by the way thing. And he said, look, Rick, uh, um, we were talking about, you know, wh- what's the toughest thing to defend. That's kind of the way the conversation was going. Yep. And he said, uh, I'm not going to name offenses. I'm just going to say great offenses have three things, three aspects spacing player movement and ball movement yep. if you can get all three of those is now okay so everybody those, pause right now and rewind that because that's big okay. yes spacing, <laughs> player movement and ball movement. yes he said now look an okay offense will have one of those a good offense will have two of them great offenses have three all three right and, and so that react has that yeah, that, yes. that's why, Steve, you said the spots are so important. I mean, that's why we actually put physical spots down to train them. It's that important. Right, yeah. We use, like, the gym tape kind of thing and put it, like, this is your – yes. Cause yeah. it, it, I, I, first of all, I and I'm also think the court's too small for our kids now. I think the court needs to get bigger. Yeah, so well, I tell you, you're watching the NCAA tournament. It, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm – I, I agree with you. It's you gotta, know, something's got to change. That and the NBA, you're watching it. It's like, okay, these guys should have a bigger court. Okay, so I, I coach Wesley. Wesley's 6'4". He plays for the Mavericks. Yeah. He looks tiny. He looks like a – I mean, and he's not tiny. He's like a linebacker when he comes yeah. into the gym, and it's like yeah. he looks tiny, you know, because yeah. those guys are so big. All right, so I'm going to ask you a couple generic questions, okay. and, right. then, and then – um. I think I could go for another hour, but we'll do another one. I promise oh. we'll do another one. All right. Um, if, if you could go back to yourself as a younger coach, what would you tell yourself? Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. That's easy. Uh, I don't want to get specifics, okay, like offenses, defenses, and stuff like that. What I would do, absolutely, this is without a shadow of a doubt, is I would get a maybe more than one mentor. And when I say mentor, I mean someone that comes, maybe a, a, a retired coach. See, I think we're very guilty in the basketball community of getting enamored with youth. When you get – when there, there are coaches that, you know, at, at the point of their retirement, they've got a lifetime – they've forgotten more basketball mm-hmm. than you know at that right. time. And yes. they're looking to still be involved. They just don't want the grueling schedule and that yep. got right. Yep. To be able to go to a mentor there and say, look, would you, a retired coach, and say, 
would you be my mentor? Would you come and watch my games and take notes? Would you, if you can come to a practice and watch yeah. my practice. Can you come scout me? I tell, co- I tell young yeah. coaches this all the time. It's like I have people self-scout me. I have them come watch practices. Yeah. I mean, I'm still learning, and I've been doing this for 30 years, oh. you know. Oh, it, the moment you the moment you stop learning in this game, the moment you think you know everything, and that, yeah, yeah. yeah there and is Mono, no Mono's really good at that. PGC Mono's really good about that. You know, oh, mentoring. He's the, best. he's the best. He's so he's good. The, best. the whole the whole PGC curriculum is the best. So, hey, if I could go back and there was a PGC around, right, I would become a disciple. Oh yeah. PGC. Oh, now, I look, am. It's a cult. It's a cult. Oh, it's a good cult, Mono. I'm not kidding, but it's a good one. But yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. If you can think of one coaching moment that you could dive into for our audience that they could learn from, is there one moment in your coaching career that you could we could just dive and kind of dissect? That you could learn from. Learn. Yeah, that, that another coach could learn from. Someone that's listening to this, that something that happened to you, um, one of mine was one of my players got hurt. It was a, it was a momentous, it was a big game. I learned about communication. I learned about some other things at that point. Um, Any moment in your coaching career? You yes. Could be a, yeah. I, I got it. I okay. got it. Okay. Um, we, we started this season with a, with a, a point guard that, uh, got hurt. Okay. Got hurt and didn't, didn't come back. And I had to go to a two guard. This two guy really it's more of a three. Okay. He'd never played point, but he was the best ball. And I knew he was the smartest, right? He's got a pedigree now. And I, what I'm saying is his brothers were great players. His father, I think owned, uh, the state of Georgia high school scoring record, something like that. It was okay. And yep. this is just a great Heck of a pedigree, and so I asked him to um, to uh, be the point guard. Well, we stunk for a little while, and I could tell from his body language, you know, he wasn't happy. Right. Okay? And then something happened. Okay, and I think there's two things you can learn here. Something happened, and we began to win. We began to do some really good things. The kid's name was Paul Kenny. If Paul's listening, anybody knows Paul Kenny. Uh, uh, that's who it was. And, and, uh, I would have a timeout, let's say, and I always like to try to let them out or I didn't want to use the whole time and time out, right. Get your three things and then get, get gone. Okay? okay. And, and so tell them three things and they would leave. They'd, they'd go far enough out on the floor that I couldn't hear. And that hold another huddle. And I could see Paul tugging jerseys. You know what I mean? Right talking to somebody, grabbing, not, not mean, right. Just reaching and holding the Jersey saying something. I never knew what he was saying. I didn't know if he was repeating what I was saying, if he was making, okay. But he started holding these little miniature us five, no more coaches, not in here, team, not in here. us. And I noticed that that started happening. When that started happening, we started winning. We started good things started happening. Right. Right. Okay, so I was – I think I was smart enough to leave it alone. That's what I think. I really do. <laughs> I, I'm proud of myself for shutting up 
Yeah. And also for, from that point on, I started getting even shorter in my timeouts. I wanted to give Paul as much time as he could. And this, this idea of, I don't need to be the one saying everything, leading everything. I need to be building this. I want to duplicate what Paul's doing next year and the year after and year. Now, how do I do that? I don't have drills for that. No right. one's ever taught me that. Right. I've got to learn how to, and this is leadership. This is communication. This is yep. right. Right. Uh, now, uh, another lesson that goes with that, okay, was this. At the end of the season, at the end of the season, uh, I saw his dad. His dad was one of those good parents, okay? Right. Because ordinarily, I don't talk to parents, okay? Unless <laughs> it's about their academics or something yep. like that. Like Bobby Knight said, best coaching jobs in an orphanage. So, <laughs> yeah. See, that's, well, that's why I think many coaches want to get to the colleges. They use the 500-mile recruiting rule. Right, yes. They recruit them away from their parents. You know? Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so I, I talked to his dad, and uh, and I said, what happened there? You know, I took him back to that time when that started. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, the kids were coming over to my house, and they were doing all the crying and complaining and, you know, and bad-mouthing and all this. And he said, uh, and, and of course, they're, they're going to blame coach, you know. Well, coach right. doesn't like me. Coach doesn't do this. Coach it right. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said, I finally had enough. And he said, uh, when kids were gone, I pulled Paul aside. And I said, let's just go through every point that was being made here. And let's, let's talk about how much the coach has control of these things. And he did. And then he said, Paul, the one's not your position, but you, you, it, it's time to lead. Forget position. We need a leader. We need someone who knows how to win. We need it, right? Right. And he's the one. He's the one that, that got Paul to start doing that, right? Now, I so I learned another valuable lesson. If you can find that jewel of a parent right. that can work with your, your team. And by the way, I mean, he met with the team. He had, cause they went over to his house right. between school and practice. And so he would have a chance to, you know, drop a few gems in there you right. know, and talk and they respected him because they knew right. what kind of And they knew what he's talking about. You know, I did something several years ago, too. It was not this year, but the previous year. I had I don't go into the huddle right away. I talk to my coaches before I go to the huddle. Two years ago, I pulled my point guard and said, you're going to be part of this group. That's how much yeah. I respect. And it was like we just – it was like this because wow. it was like – because he felt part of the – he felt part of the system. And it's like, I don't, you know, I, you guys, I, and I, I'm to the point where I ask them opinions in timeouts. I like, what do you want to run? <laughs> well, now, in the redirect, right. I hate to keep going back. Yeah, to I you. hope you enjoyed that. All right. Part two, there's some good stuff coming in this third part. So make sure that you, you follow along. Um, if you're liking these, please share them with your friends. We would really, uh, we would ask that you do that. Um, leave a review um, in iTunes, Stitcher, whatever, whatever, whatever podcast uh, app or whatever you use we would appreciate that and then go over and check out tshoops.com for coaches who want to get better sports social podcast network